head back to kids' church for the next five weeks, right? I think we could all learn a little bit more about having joy, even when we're not feeling like it. Awesome. I'm so excited for what is happening in kids' church. My kids are excited. I feel extra special. I'm telling you, this is just a great blessed day for our family. We've known Ryan for years, and my kids used to have him as their children's pastor at our old church. So we're just so excited that he's here. Your kids are going to be blessed. Tell the world, because it's going to be an awesome thing what's happening in kids' church. All right, just one quick announcement this morning, and that is tonight, this evening at 6 p.m., there is the Community Thanksgiving service over at the Good Shepherd Catholic Church here in town, and then afterwards, they're going to have like a little refreshment, um, you know, time to, of gathering and uh, fellowship, so stay out for that if you can, and then real quick, if you are visiting with us for the first time, there's a card that looks like this in the bulletin. <laughs> fill it out, put your information on it. My in-laws are here today. Um, fill it out, put your information on it, and before you leave, you can take it to the far right corner as you leave the sanctuary and exchange it for a $5 Big B card to show our appreciation of visiting with us this morning. And then the back of this card is the prayer request card. If you have anything that you need extra prayer support for, fill this out. Also, don't forget testimonies go on here too because we want to hear what God's doing in your life. All right, Pastor Tim, come on up. All right. Awesome. Well, good morning. Hopefully we could talk about some joy in this place, too. Come on. Joy isn't just for the little ones. It's for us, too. I was uh, giving a little birthday speech uh, last night at my dinner. We don't usually do that. Usually we, uh, as a family, and this is something you should try to do if you haven't done it before, but we take the uh, time, uh, whoever's having a birthday, and we usually go to dinner or something, and then everybody goes around and shares affirmations about that person. So that's what happened for me last night because we finally found a time to get, get around to uh, celebrating, and then I kind of broke tradition by giving a little birthday speech. <laughs> and it was about joy, and uh, we're not talking about joy today, but since we're talking about joy, we'll talk about joy. How about that for a second? And it's just that joy is something that you need to find every day, and you don't find it out there, you find it in here, Right? And uh, I was just challenging our, our family, especially our kids, to, to live your life in such a way that you don't wait for, you know, well, when this is done, or when I get through that, or when I get to this, or when that happens, then I will, you know, don't ever live life that way, because today is the day that the Bible says rejoice. Today is the day to rejoice and to have joy, and we find joy in the Lord. We don't find it in the world, and we don't find it in circumstances, do we? We find it in our relationship with the Lord. So let's be joyful. It's a choice. Everybody want to be joyful today? Yeah. All right, let's do that. Awesome. Well, today we're going to continue to speak about living a spirit-filled life, and I've got a pretty simple message for you today. Very simple. You're not going to hear anything probably new, uh, but um, hopefully it will be a great reminder, and maybe it will even be a powerful turning point for you. Um, because living a spirit-filled life, the Bible gives us some very real information about that and how important it is. And I want to start with our memory verse, okay? Romans 8, 13. And so every week, uh, we give a memory verse out. And the challenge is to memorize it, meditate on it, and then process it and think it through. And it usually is connected to the message of that week so that you have log notes and you can take this stuff home and let God continue to kind of marinate that soak in the truth of what God is saying to us. And this one is pretty simple, but incredibly powerful. So let's read it together, okay? Romans 8, 13, it says, For if you live according to the flesh, 
you will die. Yeah, there's more, but that first part, I just want to stop there for a second. Think about that. It's very simple, but it's very powerful. If you live according to the flesh, you will die. So this is something we need to talk about. What is that? You know, okay, let's do the second half. But how many of you are glad for big butts here? Big butts in the Bible. There's some big butts in the Bible. This is a big one. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. You will live. Okay? So we're going to talk about one of the major uh, reasons why we have the Holy Spirit. Because living a Spirit-filled life uh, is all about this relationship that we have with God's presence all the time. And the Holy Spirit is with us. We are the temple of his presence. We, we have a welcome mat in our heart. and We welcome the Holy Spirit into our lives. And he's with us. And one of the major things that he does is he produces in us something I want to talk about today called the fruit of the Spirit or the fruits of the Spirit. Okay, the fruits of the Spirit. So we're going to get to that in a few minutes. Now, I don't know where your background is in church. Uh, I was thinking about this. And I, I mentioned this uh, maybe a month ago, too. But um, we are a non-denominational church, so people stumble into this place from all kinds of different backgrounds uh, because we don't have a denomination here. You know? So sometimes people are raised a certain denomination, so they will look for that denomination. But when people come here, we all are coming from different places. Some of us, like myself, was born here. Didn't even have a choice. Anybody else born here? Raise your hand. Like, we were, Denise and I, and yeah, and her daughter, we were, my kids, they were born in this church. Um, you know, they didn't, this is their background. But some of us were invited by a friend at some point, and uh, some of us moved from a different location and came here. Some of us were from different denominational backgrounds, and uh, whether we were looking for something more, or uh, we, we left someplace hurt and, and wanted to find a different church, or something, or something we heard about in this church, or maybe you came here because of some event or outreach we did, or a friend that you know. But we came, and we all have different backgrounds, right? But one of the things that we need to do as a family, a spiritual family, is make sure we're on the same page about the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit, unfortunately, has become like a denominational uh, um, item. And so we kind of have different denominations not based on, is Jesus Lord? All the people, all the churches in Montrose, we have seven different churches in Montrose. Now, we have seven different congregations, but there's one church, right? And all of them, I know all the leaders and the pastors of those churches, all of them believe that Jesus is Lord. So we don't divide denominations based on Jesus is Lord. We don't do that. Uh, and then, then we have different denominations that have different music styles, but really no denomination owns a certain music style, you know. I mean, those change with times. Uh, we have some churches that sing hymns, some churches that sing uh, upbeat music like we do. Um, you know, we have different styles like that, but that doesn't really determine a denomination. Uh, and, and so the denominations really aren't even determined on whether or not we believe in the Bible. All of the churches in Montrose believe in the Bible, but it seems to be the division, a lot of times, seems to be about what we believe about the Holy Spirit. 
A lot of, a lot of our division is based on the Holy Spirit. And I just want to challenge you, and I think we have an awesome, unique position to be able to, to, to uh, speak from, a, a position of non-denominationalism. Okay? I, we, I have a unique ability to just stand here and just tell you what I believe the Bible is actually teaching us, because I am not pledged to any denomination. I can't get in trouble for what I say, you know, uh, based on a denomination if I disagreed with a certain point, because I just, we're just going off of what the Bible says, and the Bible says, and I believe this with all my heart, that the Holy Spirit is for every single believer, regardless of your church background, regardless of what denomination you go to. Our loyalty is not to a denomination. Can I get an amen on that? Our loyalty is to Jesus. And so all that we are pursuing is a relationship with God and the revelation of who he is and what he's called us to and how he's revealing himself to us in his word. And when I study the the Bible and I see the Holy Spirit and the power that God brought to us that we might be changed and that we might be change agents in our world, it's all through the Holy Spirit. The church was born. The church was born on the day of Pentecost, on the day the Holy Spirit showed up and filled believers. Can I get an amen? amen. All right, so that's you. That's me. We're the church. We're filled with the Holy Spirit. And uh, this is a, a conversation uh, that, uh, that, that I can't see taking place. So let's say that we come to faith in Christ and we're handed a menu by Jesus, almost like a waiter at a restaurant. And this is a la carte Christianity. A la carte, you know, we get this menu, and uh, Jesus comes up to us, and he says, what would you like? And we say, well, I'll take the forgiveness and eternal life and a little side of hope, please. And he's like, okay, that's awesome. Anything else? You're like, "Mm, no, I'm good. I'm good. That's all I need. And well, how about the Holy Spirit? Oh, uh, not now, not right now, thanks. I'm just not comfortable with that. I'm fine. I'm fine. Well, how about a little deliverance from some addictions and brokenness in your life? Uh, I'm not so sure I believe in that kind of stuff. That's a little weird to me. Or, um, well, how about um, healing and wholeness? And, uh, eh, I don't think that's possible anymore. I'm fine. I'll make it. I'll make it. So when we look at the scriptures, though, we don't see this kind of Christianity. We don't see a Christianity where the believer dictates the relationship with God. We see an invitation from Christ to us that says, all, give me all of your life and die to yourself and I'll show you what real life is like. It's an all-in. It's an all-in commitment. It's a surrender it's a complete trusting in him. And, uh, and so whatever we're not comfortable with, whatever we're not sure about, we need, to, we need to first and foremost trust in him and in his word. And we cannot build our theology or our relationship with God based on our experiences. We must build it based on him and his truth. Okay? So our belief is not based on what we've experienced well, I prayed once and God didn't heal me, so God doesn't heal anymore. That's crazy. That's crazy. You're building your belief on God based on your experience. 
but I am trying to build my belief or relationship on God by what he teaches me, what his word says, how Jesus was, what Jesus did. Okay, do you see what I'm saying? So I want to challenge all of us to think about what the Bible says about the Holy Spirit. And here's the reality. And I got this text message this morning from one of my pastor friends. And it's a quote from uh, C.S. Lewis. I want to read it to you. And it's entitled, Full Surrender. And this is from the book, Mere Christianity by C.S. Lewis. Give me all of you. I don't want so much of your time, so much of your talents and money, so much of your work. I want you. I want all of you. This is God speaking, obviously. I've not come to torment or frustrate the natural man or woman, but to kill it. No half measures will do. I don't want to only prune a branch here and a branch there. Rather, I want the whole tree out. Hand it over to me, the whole outfit, all of your desires, all of your wants and wishes and dreams. Turn them all over to me. Give yourself to me, and I will make of you a new self in my image. Give me yourself, and in exchange, I will give you myself. My will shall become your will. My heart shall become your heart. Isn't that awesome? So here's how I look at it. I made made this analogy before, but when I was younger, my first car was a Chevette. 1980 tan Chevette that I inherited from my grandma. And after about, I don't know, eight years of driving that thing, I started having water splashing up through the floorboard. I mean, every time I hit a pothole, you know. And it started to get rusty, um, started to break down. Of course, I don't know anything about cars, so I didn't know how to fix anything. So just keep driving it. Thing was getting beat up and all that stuff. So I want to just give you this idea, okay? God Sometimes in life, we go through life, and we have some bangs and bumps and bruises. We have some crashes, and, uh, and we, sometimes we think that God wants to remodel us or repair us, you know, do some bump outs, fresh coat of paint, you know, patch us up a little bit. And, uh, but I want, I want to share with you, that's not what God wants to do. He wants a total meltdown. He wants to take a chevette melt it down, and turn it into a Corvette. Yeah! A totally new image. And most of us, listen, most of us, we just want a bump-out job. We just want a fresh coat of paint. We just want God to stay on the surface, make us look better, make things work out right for us, right? Just kind of patch me up, fix this problem, fix that. My mirror doesn't work. Oh, my engine's not running quite right. Give me a little tune-up here. Make my life just keep going, you know, the way I want it to go. But God, is, that's not the offer of Christianity. Uh, and the Holy Spirit's job is to help melt you down completely. Like melt and destroy all independence, all pride, all self-sufficiency. And then remold you into a trusting, complete, surrendered life to him. That's what Jesus is trying to explain to us. Uh, and so this is your soul process. A meltdown. A good meltdown. We've all had the other meltdowns, right? But God wants to melt your soul. He wants to refashion you, reform you completely. 
And so if you can think of the process, let's just think about this. You ever seen, you know, a show or something where, or maybe you've been at a junkyard where they're, they take an old car and they crush it. They're just crushing the metal. And then they're squeezing it. And they're just compressing it. And then they melt it. And then they pour it into a new mold. And then they start to rebuff it and shine it and reshape it and repaint it. How many of you think that's kind of what God's doing in your life? <laughs> Some of us right now feel the weight of God crushing pride or, or getting us to the end of our rope. And we feel, the, you know, we feel the pressure of life gets to a point where God finally says, are you ready for me <laughs> you know, to step in? Are you ready to trust me instead of yourself? How's this working out for you? Now, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, his, one of his main jobs is to help reform Christ in us. That's what he does. So we need him because we're all broken. Can I get a witness? We're all broken. We all have dents. We all have chinks in our armor. We all walk with a limp. But the Holy Spirit's been given to help us be reformed and reshaped in God's image. And our platform, now the main purpose I mentioned a couple weeks ago, or maybe it was last week, the main purpose of the Holy Spirit, as we see in Acts, was Jesus says, you will receive power when the Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my what? My witnesses, okay? That's the Great Commission. Jesus sent us with his authority and with his Spirit to change the world, to witness to the world that he's alive, that he's Lord, that he's Savior, that he paid for our sins, that we can be reconciled to God. And so we are on a mission, the Great Commission. All of us are on that mission. And to go into the world with that great news, our platform to be heard, our credibility to be a witness is what God has already doing and is doing in us. And so the Holy Spirit wants to produce the fruits of his spirit in your life that becomes your platform for others to listen to the message that God has given you. Do you see? It's, not, it's one thing to be uh, you know, bankrupt and have no money and have made all kinds of financial, you know, mistakes and someone coming to you and saying, hey, would you teach me how to manage my money? And like, well, sure, I could do that. No, you can't. And people don't do that. Somebody wants help with their money. They don't go to someone who's broke. They don't go to somebody who's bankrupt. They go to someone who's done well with their money. That's right. And, and if someone needs hope, if someone needs healing, if someone needs joy, if someone needs Jesus, they're going to go to someone who looks like Jesus, who loves like Jesus, who has hope like Jesus, who, who is Jesus, and you are Jesus. And, and I want to share with you that as we started with the outset, if you live According to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit, and we're talking about trying to live a Spirit-filled life. If you can learn how to live a Spirit-filled life, it says the Spirit helps you put to death the misdeeds of the body. You will live. You will live. So the Holy Spirit is your helper. He's here to help you put to death the misdeeds of our old nature, which we buried and is trying to climb out of that grave. 
the old, the old nature, right? My dad always says, man, you know, we put ourselves up on the altar, and then we want to climb back off that thing. <laughs> Come back to life, you know, zombies, something. But God wants us to learn how to, to die. So our platform is, is a life that is transformed by the Holy Spirit. So there's this really cool uh, story in Acts chapter 4 where Peter and John, they were walking into the temple, and there was a cripple man who had been crippled for his whole life. And he reached out to them and was begging for some help, some money, you know, some alms. And Peter just said, you guys know the story. He's like, hey, silver and gold we don't have. But in the name of Jesus, and he reaches out, grabs this guy's arm, and he pulls him up at the same time while he's saying, in the name of Jesus, rise and walk. And the guy like, woof, woof, he started to, he pulled up, strength came into his legs, and he jumped up and began to praise God because God healed him instantly. And so there's this huge ruckus, and everyone's like going crazy, and, and they want to hear what Peter and John have to say. And then Peter and John get arrested by the, the religious you know, folks of the day. And they bring them in for like a court case, the leaders, the, the, you know, the high priest and the Sanhedrin, and they're, they're in, interrogating Peter and John. What are you doing? What's going on? Well, the guy's healed. Well, yeah, but who, how, what, you know, trying to figure out how did you do this? And they start telling them about Jesus. And it says this in, in Acts chapter 4, verse 13. These leaders, these very educated uh, men who are on the Sanhedrin, the Supreme Court of the religious day, okay? When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished, and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. Their lives were totally transformed. These were men of great courage and speaking great wisdom and great conviction, and God was all over them, and the, these, these leaders could not, you know, argue around them or over them. They could not even, they came to the point where they had nothing else to say because the power of God was so real in their lives, and this, this man was standing in front of them healed, and everybody saw it, and everybody knew it, and they just said, well, don't preach in Jesus' name anymore. And if you do, you're going to get in trouble. And Peter said to them, well, you be the judge. And this is funny because they are judges. You be the judge whether or not we should obey you or obey God. Because we're going to obey God. And we're going to keep preaching Jesus. And they just let them go. But their lives were filled with power, conviction. They were changed because... They knew Jesus, and Jesus says this to his disciples. He said, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. And uh, Paul writes this in Corinthians. He says, thanks be to God, and you can celebrate this with me, who leads us as captives in Christ's triumphal procession and uses us to spread the aroma of the knowledge of him everywhere. You are like fresh bread. If you had the fruits of the Spirit, you are an aroma of life to those around you. And you, you begin to build a platform for your voice to be heard, for your light to be recognized, and for the gospel to be preached. And it says, we are to God the, blood, the pleasing aroma of Christ among those who are being saved and those who are perishing. To the one, we are an aroma that brings death. 
to the other an aroma that brings life. In other words, there is an undeniable penetration into the lives of those around us where they have to contend with the aroma of your life. And some who accept the good news that you are representing, it brings them life. But those who reject it, it keeps them in death. But there is an aroma that must be spread in your life. There is no neutrality here. You can't be neutral in the way that we live our lives. You hear what I'm saying? There must be an aroma of Christ in you. That's the fruits of the Spirit, which we know. Love, same with me if you know. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. And you might like, I've been trying to get those things my whole life. <laughs> I've been trying to learn patience and self-control. I've been trying to be kind. I've been working on that. I'm trying, Pastor. I'm doing a, I'm doing a really hard job. I'm trying. But I, I got some really good news for you and some really strong advice, okay? First, I'll give you the strong advice. Stop trying. Just stop. Stop it altogether. Stop it. And the good news is you already have it. The Spirit, the fruits of the Spirit come from the Holy Spirit. They do not come from human effort. Most of my life, I have been trying to, you know, work on patience, work on kindness, work on gentleness. Here's what I'm discovering, okay? I want to read this passage for you um, in Galatians chapter 5. Verses 16 to 17, Paul writes this, and he says, So I say, live by the Spirit. Everybody say, live by the Spirit. Live by the Spirit. And you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. So if you learn how to do this thing called living by the Spirit, we won't be giving into the desires of the sinful nature or the flesh, Right? All right, let's keep going. For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the spirit. These are opposites. And the spirit desires what is contrary to the sinful nature. They're actual opposites going in totally different directions. And it says they are in conflict with each other so that you do not do what you want. So there's three quick observations I'm looking at here. First of all, as I already said, the fruit of the Spirit is a result of living by the Spirit. Living by the Spirit, okay? Secondly, the fruit of the Spirit comes from the Spirit, not from human effort. Doesn't come from human effort. Patience does not come, the kind of patience God wants you to have does not come from you trying to become patient. That's human effort. It says these are fruits of the Spirit, not fruits of hard work, not fruits of Tim reading a good book, and not fruits of my wife or your husband or whatever trying to teach you, right? Or you as a parent instilling these things in your kids. The, the only way you can have the, these kinds of fruits are from the Spirit, which he has them. So that's kind of cool. And the third thing is this, that they're opposites, 
They're in direct conflict. So when you are sinning, let's just be real clear. When you are sinning, you are not living by the Spirit, right? But when you are not sinning, okay, you are living by the Spirit. And so that's why the Bible says if you're living by the Spirit, you know, it's going to, you're going to actually be putting to death the misdeeds of the body, and you're going to live. But if you're going to be living in the sinful nature of the flesh, you're going to die. All right, now, I want to make this really practical for us. The answer for this is not trying harder to not sin. Let me say that again. This is kind of new new way to, to look at things. The answer is not trying harder to not sin. How many of you have been trying really hard not to sin? Okay, now, but here's where I'm going with this. Listen to the second half of the statement. The answer is to learn how to live in the Spirit. Because when you learn how to live in the Spirit, the Bible tells us you won't be sinning. It's by the power of the Holy Spirit which we put to death the misdeeds of the body, which is sin. It's not through us trying really hard. This is good news. <laughs> this is really good news. This is really good news. You don't have to try hard to not sin. You need to learn how to live in the Spirit. If you live in the Spirit, you will live. You will live. He will help you. He will guide you. So let me just kind of go through these, all right? So here's in the same context of the fruit of the Spirit, Paul writes about some of these other things that are the fruits of our human nature, okay? Here's some of the contrast. So we have love as the fruit of the Spirit. He mentions hatred. We have joy. He mentions dissensions and factions. We have peace, and he mentions jealousy and discord. We have fruit of the Spirit as patience, and there's envy that's mentioned. Kindness, and there's selfish ambition. It's opposite. Goodness, and we have sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, just a mess of things. We have gentleness. He mentions fits of rage as a fruit of your sinful nature, okay? Faithfulness, which is honoring God, uh, and we have idolatry and witchcraft. Self-control, and we have drunkenness and orgies. So the Bible shows very clear, clearly these things are going in opposite directions, opposite directions. Living by the Spirit produces these. Living according to your flesh produces those. Life or death. And it's not whether you are good or bad. It's about what you are feeding on. It's what your source is. Okay, so here's the, here's the truth. We're all really good at living according to the flesh because we were born that way. We were born that way. We're really good at that. We're used to that. That's easy for us because we're coming out of that. But now we have to learn a different way of living, and it's a completely different orientation of life. It's completely different. It's from ego to, to Christ. It's from self-centeredness to dependency on God and trusting in him. It's a completely different orientation of how we think, how we interpret, how we live, how we do everything. It's completely different. And the question is not, how do you stop doing the wrong things? How do you start doing the right things? It's how do you learn to live by the Spirit and not live according to the flesh? That's the key. That's the key. How do we do that? So I just want to give you guys a couple of tips on that. And I got three things. But here's, here's a, uh, 
a good quote I came across. And uh, it says, living by the Spirit is allowing the Holy Spirit to direct every thought, word, action, and motive in our life. And allowing the Holy Spirit to cultivate his fruits and his virtues in our lives. This is the new life that Christians have been called to in Christ. This is the new life. So when we talk about baptism, and we're like, oh, yeah, all right, it's all, it's all gone. Now we're a brand new creation. Uh, how many of you know there's still a little bit of work to be done? <laughs> okay. So, but now this is the calling. Now the calling is, yes, we have been raised with Christ. Now we belong to him, and now his spirit is here to help us live this new life and learn how to trust in him and not in ourselves. okay? And that's the whole process that we're all involved with. And it, we all know it's a lifelong journey, but you can make progress. And the more progress you make, the more fruits of the Spirit you begin to enjoy. And as I mentioned before, so do the people around you. The more you become like Christ, the more the people around you get to enjoy that fruit. The aroma is more pleasing. The love, the joy, the peace that comes out of you, you know, that's what that's what makes a difference in people's lives. And it draws people to God. It gives you a platform and a credibility that the message that you're speaking of is real and authentic. And God, if he could do this in me, he can do that in you too. He could change your life. It's not about us trying to convince people, hey, stop doing bad, be a good person. Stop sinning, do the right things. That's not the message. That's not the message of the gospel. The message is, we all need a Savior, and he's come. We can't do it, but he's done it. That's the message. That's the message. He has done it. Trust in him, follow him, and, and lose your life in him, and you'll find it. You'll find it. That's the message, okay? The other message is religion. It doesn't work. It just burdens people, condemns people. Because none of us can do it. When you read all the Bible, the Old Testament, all the Old Testament, it all comes full circle and all the way to Galatians. And Paul finally tells us, hey, guys, guess what? All that law, all those rules was just to show you that you couldn't do it. All of that stuff was to show you you can't do it. And now in Christ with his spirit, you can. Only through him. Only through him. All right. So here's three things. And these are things that we know. But I want to just challenge you in a practical way uh, with these tools because these are the tools that we have been given to help us learn how to live, uh, you know, in the Spirit. Because if you live by the Spirit, you will live, okay? If you don't live by the Spirit, you're automatically living by the flesh. There's no in-between ground. It's you're, you're either living in the flesh and you're, you're killing yourself. You're killing the people around you. There's rotten fruit right? It's producing hurt, pain, fears, all kinds of trouble, brokenness, or you're living in the Spirit and it's producing life and you have the fruit of the Spirit. Well, it's one or the other. And it's not just you make the decision once and you're good to go. I mean, you're making the decision every second. <laughs> I mean, from one moment to the next, you're getting hit with another wave of something, and you have to decide, whoa, hold on. Am I going to get freaking out about this? Am I going to 
turn, my, turn into fear? Am I going to start doubting? Or am I going to reject that thought and say, no, no, God's got me. I don't have to worry about that. No, no, I'm okay. Or am I going to get offended by some, something that someone does? Or am I going to say, hey, I'm just going to love them, forgive them. God's got my back. I don't, you know, that's not what it's about. You see, it's happening all the time. And so we got to continue to learn, learn how to live by the Spirit, how to react or respond, I would rather say, the way that God would want us to respond in the Spirit, that we're fully loved, we're taken care of, we got everything that we need, we don't need anything else, God is our source, and when we are living in that space, good things are happening. Here's the tools that we need to do that. Number one, we need a daily devotional time with God, okay? We started out the year talking about this and the importance of God's Word, and I kind of think of the daily time with God as God's Word and prayer and journaling and listening to what God is teaching us. Now, here's, here's the idea, okay? Whatever you are feeding on the most is going to determine which fruit that you produce. And so if we're not feeding on God's truth and his love and his ways, we're already feeding or surrounded by a world that's contrary to God. We're already being surrounded by conversations, billboards, TV, radio songs, culture, teaching, you know, all around us, opinions that is mostly fallen and tainted and broken. And so we're just filled with this culture that is constantly not truth. And if we don't have a daily connection and the nutrients that our soul is feeding on, if it's not of God, then we're going to just continue to operate in this vine over here. And it's not going to produce um, good fruit for us. Jesus said, uh, taught us to pray, and one of the phrases in his prayer in Matthew 6, 11 was, give us today our daily bread. You and I need bread from heaven every day. What, what I mean by that is you need, you need a word from God every day. You need truth every day. You need to feed your soul God nutrients every day. It's not because I'm telling you this so that you'll be a good Christian. Your soul needs nutrients from heaven to survive. Your soul needs God's truth and God's word and God's love. Your soul craves God, craves the truth. You need this to survive. Your soul, your soul, your mind, your will, your emotions needs to connect with God. So you need this for your soul to be healthy. Does that make sense? Because you're already feeding on other stuff all the time. So let me just give you some contrary examples. What sources of information are you taking in every day? Okay, so I look around the world and I see media, I see news, TV, Facebook, social media, gossiping, people around us, talking, and all of this stuff is inputs. It's all feeding us. It's coming into us. Okay, so let's just think about that. What sources of information are you taking in every day 
And how does that compare to how much of this you're taking in? Because it's a vine, and fruit comes from a root. And whatever vine is, you know, producing the nutrients or you're, you're depending on, that's what's going to be produced in you. If you're, let's just talk about uh, social media or TV or news. And when I find myself watching a lot of news, then I start to get angry <laughs> or upset. And so like, what, why, why would that happen? Because I'm feeding my thoughts, my emotions, are feeding on this news I'm like, that guy's lying, that's not true, or I can't believe someone's doing that, or that's terrible. And, and then I start getting caught up in that, and then what happens is some fruit starts to come. I start getting mad, or I get worried, or I start getting, you know, upset about something, and immediately you can see the fruit start to, to come out. So what I'm saying here is when I say we need a daily devotional time with God, is we need to feed our soul on the Spirit. Otherwise, the Spirit doesn't have any strength in us because we're already surrounded by a culture that's given us bad nutrients. Bad nutrients. Can I get an amen? amen? All right, let's get those Bibles out and let's read them. And let's spend time with God. And let's ask Him, God, what are you saying to me today? Daily bread. Give us today our daily bread. This is not just food. This is spiritual health and fullness that we need, okay? Luke 9, 23, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross daily, and follow me. And so we need to come to Jesus every day. He says, come to me if you're weary, tired, and, and you will find rest for your souls. Your soul craves God. Your soul needs him. Okay, the second one, and I said this is not, it's a very simple message. It's nothing new. But the second tool that you have to learn how to live by the Spirit is what I call daily dialogue or prayer. Daily dialoguing throughout your day in real time that you need to learn how to talk to God all day long. All day long. It's one thing to sit down and maybe you have a special time where you have maybe some prayer requests and you, have some, you just have this ritual maybe that you do, which is great, and you have a list of people that you're praying for or situations. Maybe you do it in the morning or at night or you have a devotion time, you have this prayer. That's all great. Well, what I'm talking about is in addition to that, throughout your whole day, you learn how to talk and dialogue with the Holy Spirit who is with you at all times in real time so that you're processing things and you're learning to live by the Spirit and you're not letting something build up over here that produces some bad fruit because you can process it in real time all the time. And this is just dialoguing with God. You don't have to have your eyes closed. You don't even have to say it out loud. So you can be dialoguing internally or if you're in the car by yourself, you can do that. You know, some of us, we talk out loud and when nobody else is around, and then someone comes around, we look a little weird. So you don't have to do that. But there's this constant dialoguing with God. That helps you live in the spirit, not in the flesh. Because if you don't dialogue it out with God, and you let your emotions run, or you let your worry build up, 
or you let that fear take over, then it's already producing that fruit. And the next person you come in contact with is going to feel some of that tension or worry or stress, and you're not living by the Spirit, you're creating death around you. Anybody relate to that? So the Bible says to pray without ceasing. That's what, it's, that's what it means. We can actually be talking to God all the time. Uh, Ephesians 6.18 says, And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. All the time, all types of prayers, all kinds of requests. Do it all the time. Pray without ceasing. And so when you're living in the Spirit, you're praying, you're dialoguing, you're meditating on God's Word, even internally, even when you're at places doing different things, you can be internally having this self-talk with God, self-talk with God's Word, meditating and thinking, and all of that is helping you live by the Spirit in that moment. When you're not, you're already doing it already. What I'm asking you to do is not do something new. I'm asking you to exchange something. Exchange your current self-talk with God talk because we're already doing this. I'm not asking to, I'm not trying to get you to add anything to your life. I'm just saying, let's switch it because here's our self-talk, right? Our self-talk is like, oh, man, I got so much to do. I don't know how I'm going to get all this done. Oh, I can't believe that guy's in my way. I'm going to be 30 seconds later to my, or whatever. And then, oh, and then we start thinking about something or someone says something or we look at Facebook and we're like, oh, man, my life sucks, you know, look at their life. They're having so much fun. Man, you know what? And no one's, you know, no one's doing anything fun for me like that. And then we get envious or jealous or hurt or whatever. And so that's all self-talk. That stuff's going on all the time. Someone walks by us. Someone snips at us. Da-da-da. Oh, yeah, they, they, who they think they are. You know, don't they appreciate all the stuff I do around here? And da-da-da-da. And we're just talking and we're thinking all the time. So we're not like not doing this, we're doing one or the other all the time, okay? So if you want to live by the Spirit, you need to learn how to dialogue with God instead of yourself, yourself, because that doesn't produce good fruit. It produces envy, jealousy, hatred, produces fears, insecurities, depression, all kinds of stuff come out of our self-talk. It's all internalized. It's all in there. It's all happening, okay? So, but living by the Spirit is, is, is talking to God. And so I want to challenge you with the third and final one here, and that is accountable relationships with other people, other Christians. So to learn how to live by the Spirit, we have the Word of God, and we have this opportunity to dialogue with God all the time. We have the Spirit with us. And this one here, is accountable relationships, and that's why in our church, we really value life groups, because we need each other. We need each other. We need help from each other. We talk about this all the time. And I was looking at the Bible, uh, or I was looking up some research this week about these, these phrases in the Bible, and I printed this article called One Another, the One Another's in Scripture. And there's a hundred verses in the New Testament with this word in Greek, it's one word, and I don't know it, but it's, it means one another's. A hundred different verses in the New Testament. And it gives us all these commands about the things that we are to do for one another. And one-third of them is about love. 
And one-third of them is about unity. And then a fifth of them is about humility. And then there's a few others that make up the list. Love, unity, and humility. And we need those from each other. We need to learn how to love each other. We need to learn how to strive together in unity. And we need to know how to walk in humility. And here's a, ver- or a, a quote from a guy named Charlie Jones, and I was, I was looking at this. This is something I believe in. It says, you will be the same person in five years as you are today, except for the people you meet and the books you read. Except for the people that you meet and the books you read. And I might add to that and some experiences that you have. Experiences shape us. What we read, what we take in shapes us. I hope you're reading the good book because that will change you. That will shape you. And the people around us, they without doubt shape us and impact us. They can stretch us or they can shrink us. And so the people around you, the people that you want around you, are the people who have also had an encounter with God, who love God, who aren't perfect, but they want to go after God and all that he is. And so you need, we need to, to surround ourselves with one another, to encourage us, to build ourselves up. And honestly, I think lately I've been seeing a lot of our ladies doing this really well. There's some groups of ladies getting together, and I see that in our life groups. And some of us are, are doing a great job of this, and uh, somehow we need to build this up even more because every one of us needs to have this. Every one of us. And I'm not just saying, come on, do this, be a good Christian. I'm not saying that. I'm saying, you need this. You need this. You need other godly men and women around you. We need that, and you need to be that for somebody else. And that's just who we are. That's what we need to do. This is what God's Word says. And so I want to encourage you with this thought. As you evaluate these things in your lives, there's three questions I have in the life group. If you're in a life group, you can go through those in your in your group together. If you're not in a life group, go through those questions on your own this week. And, and three quick questions are this, okay? In, in alignment with these three tools, my question is, what nutrients are you feeding your soul the most? That's going to be producing the fruit in your life. Number two, in terms of the, our daily prayer and so on, what are you thinking about the most throughout your day? What's your self-talk the most about? And number three, with this last one, who are you spending the most time with? Who are you spending the most time with? Listen, those things matter. They matter tremendously, and they have a direct impact on whether you're successful in living by the Spirit and learning how to do that or living in the flesh. We are talking about life and death, quality, the quality of your life. And whether or not, uh, the more you are able to do this, the more you have a platform to impact other people around you. And that's why the Holy Spirit is here, to help you, to encourage you, to melt you down and reshape you into his image that your light would shine in such a way that others would see you, see what God is doing in you, and they would be drawn to glorify your Father in heaven. And come to know him as well. Amen?
So let's get, let's get after it. Let's get in the word. Let's start talking to God a lot more. And let's start connecting more. We need this, okay? And this is how you learn how to live by the Spirit. So remember, fruits of the Spirit, they come from learning to live by the Spirit. They don't come from trying harder. Whew, thank you, Lord. It's the good news. Let's stand so I can pray a blessing on you this morning. And uh, the more of the Holy Spirit you're able to pay attention to, the more of the fruits that you'll enjoy. It's not easy, but it's possible. All things are possible to him who believes. Let's just lift our hands towards heaven. Let's ask for God's help, okay? First of all, Lord, we ask that you just set us free from patterns of human effort with regards to trying to be good enough or trying to learn these things that, that uh, we can't learn, but are already who we are in you. I just pray, Lord, right now, a freedom and a liberty and a release from everyone here who has just been really struggling to try to win victories on their own. And just help them to see, wow, this is a totally different approach now. I can just throw my whole self into God's care, and He, by His Spirit, will empower me to win. Lord, you said that you lead us in triumphal procession in Christ. You said that the Spirit empowers us to put to death the misdeeds of the body, that we might live. So Lord, I pray life over each one here this morning. I pray for a fresh perspective, Lord, that you are with each one of us. And just give us a hunger for your word. Help us this week to make some just very real, practical adjustments if we need to, with the, the things that we are feeding on. And may we be able to establish a feeding program, you know, for our soul with your word every day. I just pray that everybody in this place, Lord, will have that desire in them to just go to your word. And that when they do, when we open the book, Lord, that you will speak to our hearts. We will come alive. Our soul will feed on your truth. It will set us free. It will empower us. It will lift us. It will encourage. We'll hear your voice. We'll see your vision. Lord, we'll know your heart. We'll encounter your presence as we take time to just feed on you. You said you are the bread of heaven. You said that you are the living water that our soul thirsts for. So may each one in here, Lord, feast on you this week. In Jesus' name, Lord, we pray about prayer, that you help us to change our self-talk this week. Remind us in every real moment that we're having a twinge or a struggle or a conflict. Help us arrest our attention. Whisper to our hearts, hey, talk to me about it. Hey, I got some help for you over here. Help us, Lord, to just change our orientation of our dialogue, our self-talk throughout this week. And, and rely on you, Lord, for your wisdom and your, your freedom and your direction. And Lord, I pray for great, healthy relationships for everyone in this room. For those of us, Lord, that have some relationships that are harmful and hurtful and shrinking uh, our lives, Lord, I pray for a breakthrough in wisdom. And if we can distance ourselves from those relationships, I pray you give us courage. And Lord, help us to find godly men, women, and young people that are going after you, that love you, that want to know you. Help us, Lord, to find this community 
of authentic relationships and authentic faith that we can walk through life together and help us to be vulnerable and willing to lay our lives down for a brother or a sister. You said there's no greater love than this, that we would be willing to give of ourselves, lay our lives down for someone else. And, and you told us to do this, to follow your example, to love like you have loved us as you gave your life for us. Help us to overcome our insecurities, our fears, our walls, our past hurts, to pursue these real relationships. Help each one here, Lord, find these people. Help each one of us find a life group, a, a community of believers that we can enrich and be enriched by. We can love and be loved by. We can support and be supported by because that is, that is how you've designed us to be, Lord. We just, I just pray this blessing on each one because, Lord, we want to live by your Spirit. We want to live lives filled with the fruit of the Spirit. We want love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness and faithfulness and self-control. And we know it only comes from you. And we rejoice that we have everything we need in you. And so we just align ourselves with you this morning. Fill us, Holy Spirit. Thank you for comforting us, teaching us, and being with us. We love you, Lord. Pray all this in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. I want to bless you. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. And the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace, his shalom. May the Spirit be welcomed in your heart throughout this week. May he be a strong presence in your every waking moment. Let your spirit be awakened by him throughout this week to life. May there be more life in you than death this week. May there be a river of living water flowing out from you to those around you. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord.